0: Another week, another episode, episode six of Jack and Soph. And this week officially wraps up my favorite time in sports when all four major North American Major League sports are in action because baseball's done The Boston Red Sox, boo, have won the World Series. I'm only booing because Boston has won so many things in the last 10, 15, 20 years. It's sickening. 11 championships. Since when? Since 2001. I'm so over Boston. I know. I mean, not if I lived in Boston, but like luckiest fan base on the face of the earth. Like actually Can I get one? Can I just get one? Can Can anyone else get one? One time. Um, Okay, so you live in New York. Tell me about the reacts with the Red Sox winning from Yankee fans. Okay, so Yankees fans are obviously very upset, but New York is very much
1: the type of place where Yankees fans, I feel like I'm just speaking from the Yankees fans that I've interacted with. Once the Yankees were out, they were out. Like, they don't care anymore. They're not watching Boston. They're not watching the World Series unless they're diehards. But most of them, Yankees fans, are about the Yankees, and that's it. However, I work with a ton of Red Sox fans because a bunch of people that used to work at Nesson now work at MLB and or NHL. So a lot of people at my work were very happy today about oh, so the you've Boston had to, Red like, Sox.
0: You've had to sit through it oh, all Oh, yeah, day, I've had to saying? wear
1: it. I had to wear it a little bit. But here's the thing. Whatever. I, I mean, Boston, you're spoiled. You have so many championships, and so are Boston fans. But what I didn't like was it wasn't that exciting of a world series there was one game yeah that 18 crazy 18 inning game Mm -hmm. that was on until almost four in the morning that was crazy and that was cool but in terms of the actual series Mm -hmm. it left a lot to be desired because boston was just so much better and you you know know? what
0: Um, ratings were bad i don't know the exact numbers but they were one of the worst that they've been boston obviously. Big market, LA, big market, and um, East Coast versus West Coast, which, obvious, NL versus AL, but I'm just saying in terms of coast, like, pretty opposite. And it was um, not good ratings. Like, I was watching just because we work in the industry, and I, why not? Like, I love sports, so why not? But I wasn't, you're right, I wasn't, like, emotionally invested. I was with the Astros.
1: Yeah, I was, too. For some reason, I think, I mean, I picked the Astros, so I felt like my ego was invested in that. But, like, I just... I watched as well for work, and I did really enjoy staying up all night to watch the game last Friday, Mm -hmm. but it just didn't have, it didn't feel like the series was ever close. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it was hard to believe that the Dodgers were going to come back and win, you know, or at least make a series of it. It was very hard to subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, though, the whole Steve Pierce story was pretty cool yes Steve Pierce with that I I will give my kudos to that because I just think that's a cool story like if if three months ago when he got traded there someone said yeah Steve Pierce is going to be instrumental in the Red Sox winning the World Series you would be like yeah okay but that's what I love about
0: um, sports playoffs and championships it's like the people that come out of the woodwork that all of a sudden show up Steve Pierce gets his first hit of the World Series it's a game-tying home run and then he clears the bases like yeah no it's I love that I love when it's the um, they always say the heroes are the the good guys got to step up the best players have to be the best but you've got to rely on some of the guys coming out of the woodwork so anyway good for Steve Pierce I guess that's one thing we can cheer for that's
1: one thing that I'm happy about with that is is the whole Steve Pierce thing good on Steve Pierce I love it when um unexpected players rise to the occasion and make their mark so good for him exacto mundo so exacto mundo (laughs) oh what Oh man, never mind. I'll ask you about this later. No, wait, what? You can't okay, do that. Okay, well, I was, I just, I don't want to get too controversial, but I just thought of it right now, and I don't know why you saying exact made me think of this. What? But I know you're a huge Simpsons fan, mm-hmm. and I read that they are canceling the character of Abu. Apu? <gasps> Abu? Ooh. Yeah, they're why? taking him out of the show.
0: Because of. Yeah just his claims
1: that he's sensibly, he's mm. racially insensitive mm-hmm. so they're taking they're they're removing the character you know what Which is sad i loved him as a character
0: yeah i mean i i love every single original simpsons character has i mean here's the thing with the simpsons and i you you're right you're going to get me going here but i'll make it really quick <laughs> they do have like the everyone stereotype like the worrying mom and marge uh the dad that's like a good loving dad but screws up all the time The neighbor, the policeman that like eats donuts, the old person Abe Simpson. Right, everything
1: is a stereotype. Everything is a stereotype.
0: But as a white girl, I can't speak to uh, that issue in particular. So I, I really have nothing to say about that. And if people are finding it offensive, then I mean I can't argue that, right? Like, look, look at me. I can't. And
1: I, yeah, I agree. And I think that that's like the most important thing to say about it Mm -hmm. is really I like. We are the last people that could really ever have an opinion on it. So,
0: and you know what? Really it's funny because Lisa Simpson isn't the stereotype. Like she's smart, smarter than anyone in her family, hardworking, and she's a, a girl. So that's but but they anyway. The point is they stereotype everything. Let's talk about they the do. show. Which it was a matter of time that that
1: show has pushed the envelope for literal decades yeah literal but i still anyways let's speaking of pushing the envelope Mm -hmm. let's get to headlines let's start with john tortorella who last week made some comments that people were very interested in they went viral everyone on twitter was tweeting about it tortorella basically said and i'm paraphrasing here that he misses the hate in the game he doesn't see it anymore he was like you should hear what these guys are saying to each other between whistles or before they drop the puck in a face-off he's like it makes me sick (laughs) and he basically said um it frustrates the beep out of him to be honest Mm -hmm. and he took a lot of heat for those comments for saying i miss the hate in the game there's not enough hate in the game anymore what is your reaction to those comments
0: i mean i immediately thought fair to also, to be honest, I was like, yeah, no, I can see his point for sure. Um, You know, John Tortorella always has a way of speaking that even if he's saying something that makes sense is going to rub people the wrong way and offend people. A, because it's him and B, just because how he comes across sometimes and how he says it. But I definitely think the game has changed in terms of rivalries. However, if you were to ask current players, this is us as bystanders, as people who've played recreational hockey. I know you were quite competitive in university, but you know, obviously nothing that that compares to the NHL. So here's Zero. us uh, giving our opinion versus the players that are actually playing it that will say, hell no, has it gotten soft? Hell no, has it gotten easier? It is still like... Here's Steven Stamkos getting his nose broken in the third period and coming back. And I think it was a playoff series just to play with the full cage on. Like, you know, they will say, and I know this just from talking to them, that it hasn't gotten soft. But I see John Tortorella's point. Here's the thing. I think
1: that there's a difference between thinking that players have gotten soft. And I agree with you. Hockey players are some of the toughest athletes out there. They play through everything. everything. They're pretty much infamous for general sports fans who maybe don't watch hockey hockey players are famous for being tough and playing with broken ribs and all of that stuff. So I think there's a difference between saying hockey players have gone soft and there's not enough hate in the game. I think Tortorella's point, I think it was a bad word choice. He shouldn't have said hate because in today's world, that's like a trigger word. Mm -hmm. Who wants hate? I don't want hate in the world. I want peace and love and happiness Mm -hmm. and like kumbaya, you know, all that, but I do think sometimes because of social media and because we see players like laughing it up or they're hanging out at a baseball game when they're not playing each other or they're doing different things, you feel like, oh my gosh, you're supposed to hate them. They Mm -hmm. play for Montreal and you play for Boston. You're supposed to hate each other. Why are you guys laughing during a face-off or why are you shooting the shit in warm-ups <laughs> before a game so I think that's the point he was trying to make that when the game starts between when the game starts and when the game ends players are too friendly with each other and he misses when it was during warm-ups you're skating by you know center ice and you give a guy a whack in the shin because you're like it's on bro you know yeah crossing that line yeah like, come on, so if you're a huge Darcy Tucker fan, as am I, one day we can only hope to have him on this show. We should. Darcy, if you're listening, which you're not, but if you ever do, <laughs> please come on our show. But you could you ever think back in the day when they were playing a team regular season season Playoff, whatever doesn't matter. That he would be yucking it up with a guy before a faceoff. No, hell no, no chance. No, you're. That's
0: actually a really good point, the Darcy Tucker point and the Darcy Tucker effect. Now he though, not every single player was like him, but he was someone who put everything everything on the line He's for He's a fan Steam. favorite. Yes. Part, and that's a big reason why. Especially with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he just gave it everything he had. So there, there's that, but you're right. Not everyone in his era was like that, but I do think that the ability to connect... Uh, via social media does make it harder to disconnect then during the regular season and and it's only because you can well you you could just communicate you can text each other like back in the day even before texting you're not really I'm sure guys called each other and stuff but not uh, you know not as often as you can just reach oh, listen, somebody right
1: i I, I bet
0: guys still from
1: different teams hung out with each other and did dinner when they were in cities where maybe they played with someone in junior or they knew someone from their hometown or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they hung out with each other just as much. I think we just weren't as aware of it Mm -hmm. because I don't think they tweeted about it. And I definitely don't think during the game on the ice, we saw as much of that friendly banter right
0: now okay so how much does this being uh, John Tortorella's comments of the league being soft tie in that though he said he misses the hate right so there's I want to make sure we clarify that but how much of it we're talking about social media being effect um an effect rather this and that how much of it is 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 it us moving away from fighting and from certain hits in the league? Because how many times – I mean, even like 10 years ago or when I was growing up watching it, did I remember a hit and I was like – Oh my God, I cannot wait till these two guys play each other again so that they can go at it because I knew it was going to be allowed because I knew the suspensions wouldn't be bad and because I knew the whole team would buy in. Now, even in preseason, Max Domi and what he did with Florida, now I know there's going to be something to be said there, but it's not going to be as okay. Like, pe- refs are going to be watching, the league's going to be watching and going to be ready to hand down penalties, right? So that takes away, that adds to it changing the rivalry and hate as well, doesn't it? No, I think I think it does for sure. I think it definitely adds
1: to we're not seeing as much fighting and we're not seeing as many of these big hits i mean when we were kids we used to watch Rock'em sockam i used to get that movie on vhs For every christmas? single christmas yes yeah, yes every <laughs> christmas it was it's like it was the one gift you knew you were getting and and you put Rock'em it on right Sock'em. away right and you put it on and there's a whole section about big hits yeah. and half of those hits now probably wouldn't even fly i mean some of these dudes were getting leveled Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. now it's a little bit different and I do think you know reducing um headshots and all that I I fully support that I think it's important I think the research that we know now on brain injuries I I'm completely with the league on that and I think I I respect that they are taking the steps to try to limit that stuff But fighting is still allowed, and I do think without headshots and without, you know, violence, there can still be heat. There can still be tension in a game, and I feel as though there's less of that now, at least in the regular season. Mm. But I think, I mean, it it all really comes into play, but I do enjoy the flip side of that is that i do enjoy seeing when players interact with each other on twitter yeah that's
0: the thing it's a catch-22 i love when they there's that friendly banter or when they interact with each other whether it's chirping each other or commenting you know, sent, adding a comment on a picture or whatever. I do love that, right? That's yeah. all. That's what we want right now for media. Everything is behind the scenes, behind the scenes. um, Original questions, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, let's ask them something to to show their personalities. And then so we so want to see that. So hard to do though also. Well, Can because we just- what? Can we just what? Acknowledge that it's hard. A- acknowledge how hard that is. Especially now because... Everyone wants to do that. And like before when you got a press pass, you're like, okay, the major networks are covering it, a couple of newspapers, and here I am with one of the networks. Now it's like this blogger, that blogger. Everyone has an angle. There's like 50 people in the dressing room. It's it's a disaster. So it is definitely harder to be original. But we want that. But yet if we're asking for that, we're asking for a bit of chumminess. And then at the same time, we're like, well, you can't be chummy on the ice. So I, I don't know. It's it's you know what's annoying? You know what is annoying though? <laughs> what? Fans calling Austin Matthew soft.
1: Oh, can we please can we talk about this? Okay, I want yeah, to talk go about it lay into so it. So bad. Okay, so for anyone that doesn't follow the Leafs or isn't a Leafs fan, so hasn't paid attention to this story, Austin Matthews out at least four weeks for the Leafs uh, with a shoulder injury, and this happened on Saturday. And I was watching Twitter, I was watching the reaction. So many people, some just fans, some media people, calling Austin Matthews injury prone, mm-hmm. or the people that were harsher about it. Soft. And I think it's actual BS. Mm-hmm. I think it's such bull crap. First of all, hockey is a physical sport. So injuries are a part of the game. It's is every single player deals with them. And number two, we're what? A few we're we're a couple seasons in. We're in Austin Matthews' third season mm-hmm. and we're gonna label him that. Give me a break.
0: I know, I know, but here- such it it is crap like you said and and here's the thing this is his second or third of his career his shoulder injury and this is wh- the
1: other shoulder though it's not the same shoulder
0: right um but he, like you said third year or whatever he's he's not played in the NHL that long do we not want to preserve the fact if you are a Leafs fan and you're one of those people that have call himself the fact that you want his career and to, like to be preserved and so he heals properly i just I don't understand how soft can, like getting an injury can translate to being soft. I just don't, I don't get it. it. Like it makes no sense.
1: It doesn't. You can't, like if someone hits you and you separate your shoulder, I don't know if that's what his actual injury is. We just know it's a shoulder injury, but Mm -hmm. let's, for example's sake, If someone hits you and your shoulder separates, that has nothing to do with your actual toughness. It is your body. Yeah. All all of our bodies respond differently. Some hits are going to separate someone's shoulder. Some hits aren't. But in in no way does he deserve the title soft at all. No. Injury prone is a little more fair Mm -hmm. because that's not blaming him. That's not saying that he is a part of it. It's just saying he has a tendency to get hurt. But I think... Most players in the NHL deal with injuries at one point or another. Patrice Bergeron, if you go back with him, had serious concussion issues. Mm-hmm. And you could have said back then, oh my gosh, I don't even know if this guy's going to play again. He's going to, you know, what's going to happen to him? And mm-hmm. now look at him. Mm-hmm. So he's on one of the best lines in hockey, and he's an animal. No, so I'm- I just think it's it's just... To to label someone that who plays a physical sport, it's almost dumb.
0: Actually, it it's is actually dumb. Unlo- it's
1: actually dumb because it's I bet you those people have never played a
0: tough sport in their life, right? Those people. It's saying actually
1: that. yeah. It's almost I would I'm gonna go as far as to say it's unintelligent to take any hockey player and be like they're injury prone. They play a game where they skate at the speed of lightning and hit
0: each other. Mm-hmm. So no, like, exactly. And of course they're, they're going to get hurt. It's going to happen. In in um in training and in the summer and off season, there are ways to train to uh, protect yourself from getting injured or to become less susceptible to getting injured but I was reading that Austin Matthews is actually working on that this summer and this season and it's up to the hockey players or it's up to every athlete not just hockey players to eat this the right way and to train the right way so that when you do take a hit it doesn't affect you the same way as it would but that's what the best players in the world do and Austin Matthews is not joking around. No,
1: I agree. And I think, too, it doesn't matter how good of shape you're in, how well you eat. If you get hit from the wrong angle at the wrong time at the wrong speed, mm-hmm. you're going to suffer an injury. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's just the way that it is. It's it's a physical game. So it's just injury prone should, I'm going to just call it right now, injury prone should no longer be a thing. That should We should just eliminate that. Are we cutting I'm it eliminating out? It. Cut. Well, I'm elim- I'm done with it. Injury prone, not a thing. Remember, Nothing. um,
0: Sid, Sid took, um, a year off or, and when he got hit and, uh, he suffered that concussion. And I mean, I remember the countdown, there wasn't a debate. It was like a countdown. When is he going to come back? Is he going to miss an entire season? What's going to happen? And, you know, I don't remember. It's so funny that like, it only happened, you know, a few seasons ago, um, Depending on, you know, glass half full, glass half empty. Was it a long time ago? It wasn't recent. But with Sidney Crosby, was anyone questioning him being soft, having to come back? Like it was so serious that people were like, take your, right? Am I, 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 I almost can't remember. I don't think I so. Think there was, I think there was a
1: little bit of people saying, maybe not, I can't remember if people said he was soft, but I do remember a lot of people thinking he's going to come back and he's not going to be able to. To be the same player. Remember when he was out for like a year and a half and people were legitimately saying he may never be the same. He may never be what he was. And I mean,
0: we all know how that turned out. But if he didn't take that full time, could he, could it have been way worse? Probably yes. He did what Uh was right.
1: If he, if he wasn't cautious about it for sure. And I think too, yeah, Austin Matthews for now is out for four weeks, but of course, they're going to be extra cautious with Austin Matthews. He's the face of their franchise. He's their star player mm-hmm. and they should be that way. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. It's only four weeks. And the good news for Leafs fans is that it's happening at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So this isn't, you know, pushed towards the playoffs. This isn't in the playoffs. So he's got lots of time to get healthy and in the meantime. Nasim Kadri, what up? You're on the second line. Have fun. You know? <laughs> like, what up? I love that. What up, Nasim Kadri? <laughs> like, he's partying with his cat after games. Like, I played 5 more minutes than usual tonight. I want to let's get Nas on the show at some point. We should. we should. We should. I mean, we need to we need to talk about the cat, right? We need to What's the cat's name again? I don't know. It has an Instagram account. What? yes I, I think it's called him. jazz I don't even like cats how do I know this and you don't I didn't know he had a cat Instagram account yeah what? there was a whole piece we aired it on our show last year there was a whole piece where I forget who did it but a reporter went around and asked all the other players about jazz or jazzy or what? something Nazem Kadri's cat oh
0: my god can I find it on the internet I didn't know this
1: it has an Instagram. I don't follow it, so I don't know its actual name. But I do know that I believe his wife runs an Instagram an Instagram account for their cat.
0: Holy and crap! And it's called Jazzy or Jazz. If or something. Jazz has more followers than me, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> let's be honest, the cat probably does have more followers than us because it's probably. a Maple Leaf
1: cat. Yeah. So, um, you know, man,
0: I want to be a Maple Leaf something for followers. Tough, right? Tough. Tough break for tough break for us. Yo, you, you saw you thought this was funny, and it, it's um. I'll let you talk about it in a second, but Mark Shifley doesn't swear. Doesn't swear on the ice, but he actually doesn't swear at all. And I was actually caught on the not caught. It wasn't like I was uh, trying to get out. I had a great time chatting with him. But we were at the airport when we finished the media tour in Chicago, and we chatted about that. I don't know how it came up, but something about swearing came up, and he just said, "So, like, I don't swear at all. Like, I'll never. I was raised that way. My none of my my sister doesn't. My family doesn't. He wears it proudly, and I love it. I mean, I'm like, hey." I think that's awesome, but you think it's like you thought it was funny when he was running around going freaking this, okay. freaking that. Well,
1: have you seen the clip? Yeah, I did. It's really funny. They are funny. It's funny. To, it's almost better to hear somebody really mad, yeah, yelling at a ref and be like, "That was a freaking high stick," <laughs> and I just he just was really funny, like freaking out and saying, "Take another look, eh?" Like that was freaking brutal. You, you know what? I, he's it's clearly he's clearly so mad and so passionate, but he's not swearing, and I. I mean, my mom considered, when I was growing up, my mom considered freaking a swear word. No. She did. I swear. If I was like, you're freaking driving me nuts, my mom would be like, Jackie, don't swear. And I would lose it. I'd be like, that's not a swear word. word. So I was definitely raised, I'm sorry, I'm yelling because I'm so passionate about this. (laughs) I was raised, you know, fighting that battle forever. Mm -hmm. So when this came out, I immediately had to tell my mom and be like, Freaking is not a swear word. Look, they allow it on Hockey Night in Canada. He's mic'd up and they are airing it. It is not a swear word, but even that like growing up that way. Yeah. If I'm angry on the ice,
0: playing a sport or doing something i don't know how you could hold That's, it back i was just gonna say one for the listeners just to be clear however jackie was raised did not stay with her because when i'm with her and we're like f-bombs for everything like she literally will like almost trip not even really trip but almost trip over like a light cord and then she's like F this, like losing it so you here's the thing though you here's like to the swear. thing though yeah we are friends,
1: so when I'm with you, I vent out all of my frustrations on oh, everything. Great. Yeah,
0: it's, there's so- a lot. What are friends for? No, no, but but to your point, I'm the same. Whereas, like, I didn't swear at all, not in high school, maybe a little bit in university, because that's when I started working in sports at The Score and then Sportsnet. And I, am, I think Mark Scheifele should be damn proud of himself because he knows that everyone in the league swears. Like you said, it's all around him. And the fact that he can yeah. hold back, I drop F-bombs way more than I want to. I think I sound gross sometimes because I say it every second word for no reason. And it's just because I'm around it all the time. Good for him that he's managed to keep that out of there.
1: I will agree with you on that. That's big props to him because that is not easily done, especially in the
0: heat of a game. Like, no chance. I bet you you know who did swear a lot in his playing days? Our next guest. I was going to say something before
1: we got to the guest, and now I can't remember. It was like I lost my train of thought completely from what you were saying. I can't remember now. I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm really upset. Well, we um, still have a tail
0: end to the show, so if you do remember. What were we
1: talking? Oh, this is what I was going to say. I remember now. Sorry, listeners. I'm back. My brain is back on. Shane Doan apparently was one of these players that never swore. The guys were talking about it at work today. Mm -hmm. He would say fudge. So imagine a grown-ass hockey player <laughs> on the ice being like what the fudge is this <laughs> Shane Doan legitimately is famous with everyone that played with him for being the guy that said fudge because he didn't that's want actually to hilarious
0: that's hilarious and Isn't he's so funny? I believe that have you interviewed him before I believe that about it I
1: have um I have interviewed him but never in
0: person only like
1: phoners and stuff
0: He's um what people say like you know they joke about um the Diseckis guy like uh, the most interesting man in the world like Shane Doan is like the. He's just like, wow. You're like, wow, when you talk to him, how good he is to media, how good he is to his teammates, how good he is to his family, how good he is to everyone. Oh, yeah, He's class like Nick act. L- like Lindstrom. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I actually believe that about him. And so there you go. Whatever. It's just
1: funny. Imagine, imagine if we had mic'd up Shane Doan throwing fudge around. I would be in hysterics. But to your point, one guy that I am sure dropped a lot of F-bombs in his career is going to join us next. All right, our guest on this week's episode has 368 career fights spanning from the Q all the way up to the NHL and over 2,500 PIMS, which is just ridiculous. I don't think any active player is going to touch those numbers. Uh, Without further ado, former Buffalo Sabre Matthew Barnaby, who I believe is about to take in the Bills game, Monday Night Football, correct, sir?
2: I am, and yes, you forgot to mention in all those fights, three sixty-eight, that I won four of them. So <laughs> I, I would like that next time as an intro. But yes, I am at the Bills uh, New England game tonight. A little chilly night in Buffalo, but uh, very exciting for 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 various reasons. Are you tailgating, yeah, or are
0: you at a restaurant? Like, where? What's your pregame? What are you doing?
2: Well, I, I did my show uh, today. Four to six on, on Sirius, and then I, I actually just got here a little while ago, so there wasn't much pre-gaming for me. So it's just get in. The last Monday night football game I went to was against Dallas. I think it was 2009 when when they did it, and I swore I would never go to a Monday night football game again because of. If you've ever been to Buffalo, and any of your your people listening that that watch you guys, you guys are phenomenal. By the way, I listen all the time. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Buffalo like to drink. They, 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 they like to drink a lot and whether it's a 1 o'clock game or an 8 o'clock game they drink the same so I actually just saw a guy pee himself in the bathroom oh. and another guy fall over while he pukes. so yes Buffalo is holding true to
0: Bill's oh my god! well
1: I mean I've seen the viral videos Matthew just don't let anybody convince you to jump through a table or anything alright
0: well it won't happen
2: won't happen <laughs>
1: All right, well, listen, Um, 368 fights is a ton. Do you have, like, a favorite fight from your career, that one that you just thought you dominated or was, like, against a friend and it was a good time?
2: Yeah, I think Rob Ray. Like, when I when I look back at those, like, a lot of them, you know, you, you remember fighting a guy and he beat you, like, Stu Grimson beat the crap out of me, and it's okay. He was a bigger guy. Zidane Otero, I fought, I think, three or four times, and... Obviously, lost those the the Darren McCarty who cut me open for twenty eight stitches. I I try to forget it, but a lot of people send it to me on Twitter all the time. So really not stupid people. Reminiscing, reminiscing fights. Yeah, Twitter Twitter's bad for that. one. people hate you, they send you bad stuff you did, um, and we can all Google that uh, for myself. But certainly, you know Rob Ray fighting a guy that I really enjoyed and lived with, and and coming back, even though it was a tough fight to fight someone that you really love and, and appreciate as a person it, it is a job and and coming back to a team that i that i, I gave my heart and soul for and absolutely love playing for uh to fight him and, and see the fight now uh people will laugh but Gar snow beating a goalie up um oh, yeah. was, was one of my favorites it's one of those everyone's always like what's your two favorite moments i'm like well everyone tells me they're the hat trick on mother's day and beating up Gar snow so Garsenal was one of my four fights I won, so I'll, I'll, I'll take it.
1: Well, listen, no one can deny the passion that you had when you played for the Buffalo Sabres, that's for sure. But I'm glad that you mentioned Stu Grimson because I work with him now at NHL Network, and actually just a couple of weeks ago he was telling a story, and I wanted to repeat it to you and see if you had any idea about this. So I guess when he went to St. Louis – um, and for anyone who, who's listening that might be younger and not know who Stu Grimson is, he's worth a YouTube search uh, as well because <laughs> he had some pretty good fights. But he arrived in St. Louis, and Kelly Chase, apparently they were about to play you guys, and Kelly Chase, um, who apparently is a big prankster or was when he played in the NHL, went up to Stu and said, yo, right before the game, said, Yo, Stu, man, I just heard Matthew Barnaby talking like mad crap about you, like don't know why St. Louis would want him, blah, blah 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 and and Stu was like no man come on and he's like no straight up I just heard him he was just getting interviewed and he was just talking like crap about you and Stu said that whole game he just chased you around the ice because he was so mad like why would this guy say this stuff and you wouldn't drop the gloves with him you wouldn't go with him and he said that Kelly Chase never told him that he was joking or lying for seven years he didn't tell him till seven years later so for all that time he thought that you like were slammed in the media, and it actually never happened. I'm just curious if you knew that story.
2: So actually, it's funny. I just come to know the story, and for various reasons. Um, It would have been like 1994 or 1995 where that happened. It was in Hartford, and Kelly Chase is known as a prankster, and he actually went to Stu and and said exactly what you said. So, Don't reiterate what he said. And the only reason I noticed is Stu, like, three weeks ago, a month ago, called into my radio show, and it was like, Stu from Nashville is on the line. And he, and he told the story, and I'm dying laughing on the other line, because it's, we're, we're talking over two decades later, I never heard the story. Like, I had no clue. And I remember back to that day, and I was like, son of a bitch, this, this guy, is, like, wants to kill me. And if for anyone out there that knows, his, his nickname is the Grim Reaper. I was 165 pounds. When I broke into the NHL and the Grim Reaper is chasing me around, I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" Like, I'm, I'm scared for my life. I'm, I'm like, if I have to fight him, I will. I really don't want to. And he's chasing me around. He's mad at me. I had no clue. So it went on and went on. I fought him later on in our career. Love the guy. He's he's the most passionate, one of the smartest guys you can ever meet. Like he's just very intelligent, very cordial. He's he's the complete opposite of what you would think. And then I'm sitting at lunch like seven days ago with Wendell Clark and Kelly Chase at an alumni event to honor uh, Nick Lidstrom and Orius Salming and, and Matt Sundin, and he tells the story. But the caveat of the whole story is not only was I petrified, not only was Stu pissed and wanted to kill me, but everyone was telling, like, everyone was in on the joke. They're like, you, you got to tell Stu. Like, you got to tell Stu that you're joking. He's like, are you kidding? If I tell him, he's going to want to kill me. So i would rather want to kill Barnaby rather than me. So, yeah, so it never happened. At the end of the game, he actually stood with a puck in between his feet, begging me to come hit him. And I was like, screw that. No chance of going near this guy right now. Not a chance. So, yeah, great story. A lot of fun. Unfortunately, I was on the, on the losing end. As we went along our career.
0: So what basically you're saying is if we've gotta come up, all three of us maybe, with a way for you to get Kelly Chase back because I mean, come on, after all these years, he's just gonna get away with it.
2: No, no, you're right. That's that's a great question. I will get him back and I, I will think of a way to get him back. I know he's in Nashville and St. Louis now and I, I will figure out a way to get him back, whether it's saran wrap on his toilet <laughs> if I'm on a road trip with him with the <laughs> alumni. Uh, we, we don't do the hotel phones now anymore with toothpaste, toothpaste, but I will, uh, I will get them back. I might have to get them back. Like they got Brad May and we got Brad May when, uh, when he was younger, X-lax in his desserts.
1: <gasps>
0: oh my gosh. That is vicious. You guys are.
2: Yeah. Talk, Tuck X-lax savings on, on, on a dessert when you're expecting chocolate is probably the best way to get anyone back so
1: oh my goodness i love i love these stories because it's just such a window into like the sort of brother-like bond you guys have even though the pranks can be vicious it's all it's just kind of shows how much fun you guys had when you guys were playing together and on the road and stuff
2: wait you you guys laugh now but if we ever do dinner i might have to get you guys too so you guys are involved
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll keep my eye drinks and desserts at all time uh, if that ever happens. Listen, i wanted we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the league right now, too, because there's so much talent in the league. There's so much talent on the Buffalo Sabres, and not a lot of people expected them to start the season the way they have. Were you surprised?
2: Yeah, I'd be one. I think they're built for the long term. I think they have a lot of, you know tangible pieces in in place and the, the thing that has hurt them in the past is is not having a goaltender since really, you know, Marty Buran but with Dominic Ash since he's left. And in, in the last, you know, in, well, ten years, it has been a struggle. Um, certainly, Hutton is provide a stability in that spot. But you look at Jack Eichel, he's a, he's a star. And I know everyone talks about Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, but they, they legitimately have a star in him. And when you look at it back in with Darlene, he's, he's going to be a phenomenal player for years to come. And the middle stats and, and the lander who's still in Rochester. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm impressed by the team. I'm impressed by uh, their, their, their commitment to working hard. And you see it with Montreal, we see it with Ottawa, Uh, Edmonton is certainly there Um, they've dedicated themselves to working really hard you can win this league if you work hard you need talent and you need goaltending but if you work really hard every single night it's not like the NBA if you have two stud players uh, that you can dominate you need a team you need four lines you need seven defensemen yeah. and you need a good goal so yeah I, I'm impressed with the way that they're playing
0: where it's pretty early in the season where do you expect them to land at the end of the 2018 tw- I know I hate prediction questions so I'm just gonna start by saying that last I know one. it's tough <laughs> but um but are you expecting you know a little bit better than last season or a hell of a lot better
2: no, a hell of a lot better. And I'm okay with – I hate predictions on one game like who's going to win tonight. Anyone can beat anyone. They're, they're all great hockey players. They're all well-coached. They are all they're, they all battle hard. But better teams win long-term. It's a lot easier to predict who's going to make the playoffs or who's going to win a playoff series rather than who's going to win tonight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the that's hard part. I, I think they'll contend for a playoff spot. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll contend and they'll be in that – 9, 10, 11 spot, they'll, they'll, they'll pick in the, in the top third. And next year lose their chance. They'll move up and, and they'll start to be a playoff team. And once you're a playoff team, then you try to be a contender. And once you're a contender, then, then, then it's the Stanley Cup. So a couple of years away from that, they're a young team. Uh, but they'll contend, but they won't make the playoffs, I don't think.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I I tend to agree with you. I think they'll be in the mix, but you know what they say, slow progress is still progress. I wanted to ask you about Austin Matthews as well. Obviously, he suffered an injury over the weekend, going to be out four weeks. And I live in New York now, but I, I obviously still follow the um, hockey media and stuff from Toronto and the fan base as well. And I was shocked to see the storyline kind of this morning and all weekend was Austin Matthews is injury prone. Austin Matthews is soft. Do you think he deserves that this early?
2: No, no. And I, I set my co-host up about it today. Steve Kulius, who I absolutely love. And he's very passionate and he's, he's from Toronto and I call him to shut up today. Yeah. And, and you know, well, you both know him very, very well. Um, No, it's too early, and and you're going to get injured. And when you play the hockey the way he does, he goes to the hard areas. And even getting injured the way he did, he went to a hard area. You're going to get hit. They're big guys. It's a tough thing. It's not. He's not soft. And and there's a difference between being soft and being brittle. I I don't think he's either. Um, I think he's a tremendous hockey player, a tremendous person, a tremendous ambassador for the sport, and a star in the league. But it's way, way, way too early. Um, to even be considering that, I played with guys that were soft. I didn't like <laughs> them. I played with guys that were brittle. Didn't like those guys either. But yeah, we're far off from that. He's a stud. That um, he'll be back. He'll be fine. And hopefully, this isn't
0: long term. I totally agree with you. I I can't I couldn't believe those comments. But and that was a hard
1: hit too. Like that was shoulder to shoulder. Like that was a big hit. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you know he wants to be. Yeah, playing. in a small in a, in a small area. Yeah. In a
1: small area. He's not soft at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. On the
0: topic of being soft, though, or the league perhaps being soft, obviously John Tortorella saying that he misses, uh, that there isn't enough hate in the league. And then that sparked a conversation about then versus now. And you are part of the then, you know, we went on, uh, uh, we totaled the number of your fights and your penalty minutes and how that's changed this this day and age, do you like the direction of the league or do you think there needs to be more hate? Are are the players too chummy?
2: Uh, that's a great, great question. A really, really good question. And the fact that I, I know Torrance and I played for Torrance and he didn't think I was a good enough player, which I don't agree with. I thought it was <laughs> um, <I'd say> <laughs> adequate. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go with adequate.
1: <laughs> hey, 14 seasons, man. What's that? I said, hey, 14 seasons.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. He, I, I love Torch as a person. He's a great guy. I didn't particularly like playing for him, but he's actually a great person. He can identify both sides. Um, I do agree with him. I think it is a little too tummy right now. I, I like the direction of the league, and I like to we, – we were cavemen when we played, and we were idiots. And, and was it fun? Yeah. Was it scary some nights? Yeah. And did, did some of the skill guys not get to play? because of the way that the game was officiated and, and the way that we played and, and the fear that was put into them uh by some of the guys involved yeah it was a, it was a caveman area we evolved we have cell phones now we have computers um and the game is a lot better uh because of the way that it's officiated and, and the still level that we have in there having said that i look at even today uh when when Borewesky, it hits um, what I thought was a, a fair hit, and there's going to be a suspension. We're probably looking at four or five games. I don't know if I can see a cleaner hit than what I saw. That 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 That's something that disturbs me because it's a physical game, and I, I know you guys like football as well, and, and I'm a big football fan, and I'll be in Miami in two days cheering on my Jets if you're a wide receiver and you're coming through the middle, you're going to get hit sometimes. Yeah. In hockey, you're going to get hit. We're, we're taking those hits out of the game that are unavoidable. This is an unavoidable hit. So that, that's the part that, that that disturbs me. The hatred in the game, it really is no longer. There's, when you get in the playoffs, there's, there's certain teams that certainly have it when there's a big hit. Uh, we certainly have a little bit of it. I, I wish there was a little bit more hatred. We, we won't have that. that. That's not coming back the game has evolved, our society has evolved, the millennials have taken over, and we have to, to
0: Cool, I need that on a t-shirt. The millennials have taken over. The millennials over. have taken
1: over, uh, Matthew Barnaby. Um, you know what, though? I, I actually do agree with you. I think it was the bad choice of word to use the word hate by Tortorella just because people take hate to mean something really evil but I I do I was saying last week on the podcast that I loved seeing the Lakers brawl in the NBA because I was like at least they're passionate at least they want to win like at least they're not like talking about what club they're going to after the game's over with the guy that they're lining up against you know but um, I do I do love that about the playoffs in hockey that when you get there it's like there's so much passion and you, you you guys aren't friends anymore. Once you're on the ice, I wish there was a little bit more of that, um, in the regular season, but there was a really good clean hit on Matt Barzell the other day, Provorov rocked him and it was a clean hit. And so if we can still keep that in the game, I'd be super pumped. But, um, I do want to, I want to ask you because we saw a story over the weekend. Um, Mark Shifley apparently doesn't swear on the ice and they had a, Clip of him miked up, and he kept saying, "Are you freaking kidding me? Are you friggin' nuts?" Like yelling at the ref does not swear on the ice at all. So I'm curious, Matthew Barnaby, in your career, what was the over under per game that you dropped the f bomb?
2: Oh wow, wow, <laughs> that's a, oh f bomb was like the cleanest thing I did on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'd have to go with hundred. Wow! <laughs> okay, okay. Every game, and f bomb was like the cleanest thing I did on the ice. Wow!
1: Oh, that is so funny.
2: I was talk- I-, I was talking about it today on my show, and I, I was saying with Steve, and uh, we had like a, a square table, we were just discussion room, and it's funny you guys bring that up today because it- it's it's like I've always wanted a show where we can get people mic'd up, and and I want a show where I can really really truly say what i mm-hmm. want and I, I know my i know some of the things would turn off a lot of people what i said whether it was having a guy on the other team that that's white with a stripper and i told him i'd pay her ten dollars to come and dance for me after the game and he was making five million dollars at a time oh my god whatever it may go the thing yeah the things i said i know were way 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 offside and I've only regretted one thing I ever said. I can't. I can't even say it.
1: But you know what? I will say, like, aside, aside from like, you know, the one that you just said, you obviously regret. Like, in your time when you were playing, that was like part of your role was to sort of agitate a little bit.
2: I the, the best the best response I ever had. I I never had one person in fifteen years. And I said nasty stuff. We can go Ty Domi. We can go Shane Corson, who I absolutely love right now. Uh, we we could go to Lyle line <laughs> and thank God he's feeling better. And the things I said to him, um, I've only had one thing where I regret, and, and I, I can't say what I said because it was it was so bad. I'm actually like, and I went actually and apologized. It was in the minors, but you know, we all said it. Um, but I remember saying something to Chris Simon, which was so offside. It was so bad. I'm a bad, bad person for saying it. And all I remember was him looking me after and saying, hey, how's your dad? Mm -hmm. That's all he said. Mm. And for any of the listeners out there that know, I don't know my dad. I never knew my dad. He left when I was two years old. So all of a sudden, I just like, I shut up. It's the first time in my life and ever since then that I've ever been silenced. And he didn't even say anything like really bad except for, wow okay you win it's the only time i've ever lost a battle like eric Lindros, the sean Avery, they were easy it was it was it was verbal abuse and I, and I and i loved it it was the only time i was ever shut up in my life and probably never only time ever since um that happened so kudos to chris silen and i'm pissed off at, i'm pissed off at my agent because we had the same agent so he oh. told him.
1: <laughs> same agent that's a bit of
0: conflict of interest right
1: there yeah, he did some digging on you, obviously.
2: Very, very well done. Yes, yeah, conflict of interest is probably the best way to say now, it. Now,
0: to quote Matthew Barnaby, we're going to let you go because we, you've got this football game. It's a pretty big one, Pats and Bills. But uh, before we let you go, to quote Matthew Barnaby five minutes ago, the millennials have taken over. And in that quote, which is amazing, <laughs> uh, that being said, we got to end with a very millennial question, but we want to know – what emoji? We ask everyone this. Yeah, we we ask everyone, uh, all of our guests, we end the show with this. What emoji does Matthew Barnaby use the most?
2: What emoji does Matthew Barnaby end with the most? Very simple, a heart.
0: Oh, Aww. after all that hate talk and that all that answer. fighting and and meanness, and then now he's like changed, and now he just now it's love that he gives out, eh?
2: I know. I I have my kids, so I. I talk to my son, who's a hockey player, and I talk to my daughter twenty times a day. Um, so I, I would say a heart would definitely be the emoji with, it, uh, with my friends. It, it, it's a finger going some way, which way or other, I don't know. Um, <laughs>
1: uh,
2: <laughs> but but definitely definitely a heart.
0: Love
1: it. All right, but well, so very two opposite ends of the spectrum there, depending on if you're talking to your family or your buddies. But I love it. I love the honesty.
2: Oh, awesome. thanks. Awesome. Thank you yes, so much yes, for being our guest. Love him.
1: Thanks so much for talking to us, Matthew. Enjoy the game.
2: Sounds good. Have a great night, guys.
1: Bye. Matthew Barnaby. What an honest guy. Yeah. He had some good stories. I thought he was very candid. I love that. Yeah, he was great. And he listens to our show. What up? I know. That was really awesome of him uh, to say that. But also, can anybody who was listening to this just tweet us one thing? I just want to get an influx of tweets that only say hashtag the millennials are taking I know, over, or so no, funny. the millennials have taken over. It's already Hit done me up with that. Yeah, hit me up with that hashtag because it will legit just make me smile every time I see it and bring me pure happiness. That was hilarious. That, that was funny and should definitely be a t-shirt.
0: Speaking of our uh, listeners, we've got some people that consistently tweet us and and send us messages or whatever notes on Instagram, and I love it. I just love reading it. I love responding. I know I, I don't respond right away. It's a couple days sometimes, but we've got some great people <laughs> from Chicago couple right you saw that a couple of shout outs from chicago which was dope and just um we love our loyal listeners and if you ever want to pass this on love it much i want to give a special shout out to spencer and ann who have commented who have rated and who have listened since day one uh and they listen together every day so spencer and and ann love you and uh i think it's awesome
1: Oh, I love that little little shout out there at the end. But we really do appreciate everybody that listens and everybody that takes time to comment. So if you have any comments, questions, anything, make sure you hit us up, use the hashtag Jack and Sof. Also, subscribe if you haven't already, tell your friends, send a simple text, be like, "Yo, check out this pod." And if you enjoy it, give us a five-star rating. We truly appreciate it, and you can get us anywhere podcasts are available. So
0: so yay! So now episode Hit six, up. we're done. Episode six. It's pretty crazy, honestly. Before we go, uh, we do this via the internet. Not we're not in the <laughs> same room. But Jackie, I got to come to New York. Like I've got to come again, just so we can. I know, right?
1: I miss you. Same. And we need to do some old school vids. I know, like we used to. Just a couple. Just a couple you know? fun Have things. Some fun, yeah, for sure. But- so we'll we will work on making that happen. And in the meantime, I hope everybody has a lovely, amazing, spooky Halloween and enjoy your week. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Peace.